Hey, Dan, I want to be a millionaire in three years. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, we're going to be talking about taking care of business. You know, if the stories we've got today don't inspire you, you need to check your pulse. Got some great things I want to share with you. Stories about real people. You may know some of them, what they're doing in these crazy times when normal doesn't work anymore. Hey, we don't want to go back to normal. We want to move forward with creativity and innovation That's what we're going to be talking about right here in a 48 Days radio show. If you're a new listener, the 48 Days, you may wonder what's up with that. Well, that's a time frame that we use around here to make significant change. We know that's enough time to evaluate where you are, talk talk to some smart people, look at some options, do a little bit more research, choose one and act and change your life. Hey, you can do it. Here's some of the questions we'll be unpacking today. Dan, I want to be a millionaire in three years. What books should I read in that time? Great framing. Backup question to that. Not just thinking, wanting, what should I do to get in the game? Somebody asked us similarly, what podcast should I listen to in order to maximize my workout time? Gal says, I graduated from college two and a half years ago. I spent six months trying to find a job in my field, could not find anything. So now I'm getting my master's degree, but I'm terrified I may not find a job. Hey, we'll talk about that. Here's a quotation for today. Comes from Thomas Stanley, author of books like The Millionaire Mind, The Millionaire Next Door. But Thomas says, before you can become a millionaire, you must learn to think like one. You must learn how to motivate yourself to counter fear with courage. All right, that's going to be a continuing theme for us here today. If you want to be a millionaire, you must learn first how to think like one. All right, now I've talked about people who are being paid to just sit around and eat pizza. Oh, we had a opportunity a couple weeks ago I shared about you could apply for a job to just live in a lighthouse for like six months or to manage a gift shop on a remote island. Well, lots of cool ideas out there that people are coming up with. Got a story today about a kid who rents himself out to do nothing. Stick with us. I'm going to tell you about that. Our resource for today is I've got a formula for investing in yourself. No matter what your income is, If you invest in yourself, you can transform your success. And the counterpoint certainly is, should be obvious, if you don't invest in yourself, if you don't invest in your own personal growth development, chances are your life isn't going to change much. So if you go to 48days.com slash invest, you'll see there my formula. You can listen to it or you can just scan through it, my formula for how to invest in yourself actual mathematical calculations, how much to invest, what to do, and how it can change your life. And I certainly have been testimony to that in my own life over the years. Still continue to do that and look for ways to invest in my own personal growth. As a way to, you know, if you want to give more, you want to serve more, the first thing you ought to do is invest in yourself. And that's like filling your own cup 
So you really do have something to give. And you can do that through your own personal development. All right, here's some good news, a couple good news pieces here. One is, this is actually a true story. I checked it out, 37-year-old Tokyo guy who rents himself out to other people to do nothing. Now, you talk about something that seems to be as crazy an idea as you'll ever come up with. This is maybe a contender for that category. Rents himself out to do nothing. He's been inundated with gratitude from Twitter users, indicating people are happy with his new form of support. He says, I'm glad. I was able to take a walk with someone while keeping a comfortable distance where we didn't have to talk, but we could if we wanted to. Another one said he hired this kid. I'd been slack about visiting the hospital, but I went because he came with me. So his name is, it's like a Soji Morimoto. Soji Morimoto has been advertising himself as a person who can eat and drink, give simple feedback, but do nothing more. He's received over 3,000 requests. He has 270,000 followers on Twitter. He charges $96. 10,000 yen, but that's roughly $96 per request. People rent him for various reasons. At times, he'll participate in a gaming session to make up numbers. You turn up to send off people who are moving away and don't have anybody to say goodbye to them. He'll listen to healthcare workers who feel like they're stressed. He says he commits to doing nothing. He just He says, I myself don't like to be cheered on by others. I get upset when people simply tell me to keep on trying. So he doesn't do that. He just hangs out with people. Now, this is pretty profound in terms of giving us insight into what kind of a culture we're living in, how hungry and desperate people are for companionship, just having somebody to talk to. There's a young 36-year-old writer who says she's hired this guy. She's rented him on at least 10 occasions. She asked him to stay beside her when she was meeting a man for the first time. Um, went on an undercover visit to a, a couple of stores that she wanted to check out, a place where she wanted to get a job. She had him go with her. She says, he listened to me without shaming me, felt like a support to just have him by my side without forcing his opinions on me. All right, so there you go. Now, that, that's got to be the winner for the odd kind of work that you love. Incidentally, this kid went to college and I got a job, and uh, he, he didn't really fit in. He said his boss finally said sarcastically, it doesn't matter if you're here or not. And then he, he didn't know what he wanted to do. I mean, he has a college degree, but he didn't know what he wanted to do. This is what he ended up with. And this is a great example of the kind of innovative, creative things that people are doing to figure this out on their own, rather than just trying to fit into one more normal slot. So there you go. Rent yourself out to do nothing. 96 bucks a session, that'll work. Well, I got a piece here on the benefits of walking. Nothing new. Just wanted to remind you something that I certainly am aware of. I love walking. It's my favorite form of exercise. Get out in the morning and I listen to podcasts. I'm going to tie that in with a listener question here in a minute about what podcast I listen to as well. But it's easy to show. There are a lot of studies out there which show the benefits of you know taking 8,000 steps a day. Wow, how it reduces your heart attack risk and all those other kind of diseases. It's easy to show, simple to do, no cost, get out and walk, 
Wow. Hey, another thing I want to share with you, um, some of you know that I've been looking for a stand-up desk. I've wanted one for a very long time. My setup up in Franklin, Kentucky, or Franklin, Tennessee, really didn't lend itself to that. I had beautiful, beautiful wood furniture built in, just didn't really lend itself to having a stand-up desk added in anywhere. But here in my new office, I do have the space, and I'd been looking at a lot of them. Finally made the purchase. I just got an autonomous desk. You can check it out. I I may talk to them about being a sponsor. I'm so thrilled about my desk. So I can stand or sit or anywhere in between, just to the push of a button that goes up and down. Absolutely love what I've got. So it allows me to stand up when I talk like this. I've always enjoyed standing more when I talk. So when I do interviews or do the podcast, I stand. It helps me speak better. gives me more, more energy, more excitement, just love it all the way around. All right, now this question comes from Wagas, who says, I heard you on the Read to Lead podcast. That's Jeff Brown. Friend Jeff Brown, I've been on there multiple times. Jeff's got a new book coming out that I did an endorsement for. It's titled Read to Lead. I'll tell you more about that probably when it actually is released. But anyway, Wagas says, I heard you on Lead to Read podcast and started reading your book. Let me tell you about my current situation. I was working as a business development manager in an IT firm, which I just joined three months ago. And then due to some reasons, the company decided to move their whole marketing department to their U.S. office in Irvine, Irvine, California. So being in another country, he says, now I've been 15 days, he's unemployed. I thank God that I've gotten your book and that I'm not very stressed out right now. My dream is to be a CMO, that would be a chief management officer. In three years, I want to have a million dollars by the end of that three years. So here we go. He's unemployed, but he has a clear idea of what he wants to do. And he also has a clear idea of how much money he wants. He wants to have a million dollars in three years. So his question is, and I love the way he framed this, what books would you recommend that I read in the first year, the second year, and so on? All right. So here we go. And this, I mean, this is a great starting point. It really is. If you want to change your future, I mean, there is nothing. There is nothing that's come close to opening doors of opportunity for me as reading books. Reading great books was my window out of the farm life, the simple poverty life that I knew as a kid. It was books that exposed me to people who were doing things I wanted to do, methods to get there, ways to think. All those things came from books. Now, certainly over time, they've been complemented by conferences and seminars and workshops and, you know, real people that I've gotten to spend time with, masterminds. But books is still the one continuing foundational piece that has changed my life more than anything. So I'll start off here. Well, I guess I'll give you, I'll give you 14. Now, I'll put these in the show notes because I don't expect anybody to remember 14, but I'm going to start off with the five that I always say that even a, anybody by the time they hit about 13 years old, just starting to teenage years, they ought to read these five books. It'll, it'll set them on a foundation, a solid foundation for life. And those books are How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. So that's number one. See You at the Top, Zig Ziglar. Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Now, if you're in the Eagles community, you know we just started going through there. We're doing a year-long study, Think and Grow Rich. This last Monday, our 
session was on desire, the first of 13 steps. The engagement has been just incredible in the 48 Days Eagles community. Uh, Conversations about this, about people who are setting their mindset and opening the door for their opportunities. Think and Grow Rich, that's number three. The Magic of Thinking Big, David Schwartz. Acres of Diamonds, Russell Conwell. Those are the five. Those are the five basic ones that I say anybody ought to read. How to Win Friends and Influence People, See You at the Top, Think and Grow Rich, The Magic of Thinking Big, Acres of Diamonds. Now, Wagus, you asked specifically about being a millionaire in three years. What should you read? Here are the additional ones I'm going to give you. Now, some of these have to do with mindset and thinking, and some have to do with actually strategically positioning yourself so you could move into the position of being a CMO for a company. Those books are Unreasonable Success by Richard Koch. Unreasonable Success. That's one I got copies for everybody in my mastermind. We're going through that book this year, chapter by chapter with people volunteering to walk us through the principles. It really, well, I I love that book. That's a new one. Some of these are not. Some of these have been around a while. The next one is The Success Principles, Jack Canfield. It's an amazing compilation of what people in real life have done to move their success forward. Rocket Fuel, Gino Wickman. That breaks down the positions that ought to be in place in any company that's growing and has a chance to be really successful. So that's what I would recommend for you. Deep Work, Cal Newport, that transformed my work week and how I structured it so I would have time dedicated to what I consider to be the most important. The Millionaire Mind, Thomas Stanley. High Performance Habits, Brendan Bouchard. Free to Focus, Michael Hyatt. Daily Rituals, Mason Curry. Some of these you may... I find strange because they're not just strategic business books, daily rituals. Mason Gary did a great job of just researching what did famous people who were successful, I mean, Sigmund Freud, you know, Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, what did people like that do as part of their daily rituals? It's really interesting. I mean, there are writers who, one guy who would keep a rotten apple in the desk drawer right next to him because somehow the stench inspired him to write. Now, I don't know that that'd work for me, but anyway, daily rituals. It's interesting to, to peek in those unusual habits that really successful people have had. Along that line, I also have on my list Tools of Titans. That's a more expanded version. Deeper, how are some of the people, you know, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, a lot of people you know, actors, actresses, athletes, what do they do? It's a pretty big book, Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. So that's my list of 14. And I am totally confident if you read those books, really read them with an open mind, prepare your mind, like our quotation today, you have to have the mindset prepared for being a millionaire before the money shows up. But if you read those books, I really think you have opened the door. There's nothing to stop you from having the million dollars three years from now that you want. So that's it. Again, you could check out my formula for investing in yourself. When I recommend books like that, see, I'm not going to say go to the library and check those out. 
No, there's a different experience if you invest your money, I mean, 20 bucks in a book. You'll feel differently about it. When you own it, you mark it up, tag it, keep it so you can go back and reference it again six months from now. That's what you do with great books. You don't just read it and take it back to the library and, well, read that once. Not No, if it really is a book like this, it's something you go back to. And these are books that I go back to again and again and again. There's some books that I've reread you know, eight, ten times. So I'll put that list in the notes again. Wow. Love your, love your question. Keep working toward that opportunity. There you go. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a house. Well, what would you do if you had a million dollars? You know, Wagus said he wants to have a million dollars three years from now. I don't really know what his motivation is for that, or maybe just to remove any stress of having to produce daily. You know, usually when, when I talk to people who really want to have a million dollars, they have a lot of ideas about things they want to do. It's not so they can then stop being productive. Rarely is that the case. If people know how to make money and they do that consistently, they're looking for a time to just have enough and then stop. The process, I mean, the journey, it's like a dog chasing a car. The journey is as much fun as the end destination. That's what we see again and again. Well, got a note from Jim Hodges. You've probably heard me mention him before if you've been listening for any length of time. I profiled Jim in No More Dreaded Mondays, you know, one of my books. It was written several years ago. He's the guy who, well, I'll read you his note. This is an update. I just got this. From Jim, the e- the email today, referring to the newsletter from me that he got probably on Friday, reminded me that I did have a dream in the back of my head for years that went unmentioned, even to my lovely wife, Monica. The day she asked me, now Jim had been in the military and he'd gotten out of the military and was kind of wondering, gee, what can I do? He was trained as a teacher, but he knew that teaching had changed over time. He wasn't thrilled about going back into the classroom. And Monica, his wife, asked him, if you could do anything you wanted and it paid sufficient for our needs. In fact, don't even think about the money. Just tell me what you would love to do as a job if you could. He says, that was a turning point in my life of incredible proportions. It was then that I told her I'd record books. You know, just read old historical books. Simple desire, long held, never spoken. But he says, now I've been doing that for 20 years. And I still can't wait to turn on the microphone and record my next book. He says, if you, if I can help you encourage others to live their dreams, please let me know. Now, this was Jim Hodges, again, trained as a teacher. But instead of being a teacher, he said, oh, if I could just sit around the house all day and read old history books, that's what I want to do. Well, that's what he does. Now, I've kind of simplified it, obviously, but He, in doing that, reading old history books, creates audio products where he brings the stories to life. G.A. Henty, other people like that. Writings that are in the public domain. So he brings those stories to life and in doing so then creates products that are sold to homeschoolers and others. So I asked him about this last year, if he had really, you know, if he was really thriving because a lot of people are 
discovering, you know, homeschooling and all that. He said, well, the cancellation of homeschooling conferences hurt his sales in that arena. But he has his recordings available now on iTunes, Audible, audiobooks, in libraries across the country. And he says those sales really picked up. So a lot of people other than just homeschoolers are discovering his content. Now you can check him out. I mean, if you go to jimhodgesaudiobooks.com, Hodges is spelled H-O-D-G-E-S, but jimhodgesaudiobooks.com, you can see what he's doing. He's got a marvelous site, a lot of opportunities there. And now he has a, a club where he says a digital download for a book normally costs $18. But with the Download a Month Club, you decide what title you want, and you can buy one for $5.99 a month. So you sign up for $5.99 a month, you can download one of his books. You can share it with your kids. You know, you don't have to go through reading. You can sit there and listen to it together. I mean, my grandkids all enjoy being read to, to have somebody who really understands how to bring a story to life just with their you know, enunciation, emphasis that they give. I mean, wow. And that's what Jim does. Now, he does extremely well in doing that. I mean, he's told me in the past exactly what he's been doing financially. He would never be able to do that as a teacher, trust me. You know, he's three times what a teacher would expect to make and doing something that he really loves, which is just a tangent off from teaching in a traditional way. That's how I want you to think. This next, um, well, in two weeks, we're going to have Carrie Olson in our Eagles community as our Monday mentor. And I'm going to have her unpack her journey into doing voiceover work, voiceover work. She does commercials. She does a lot of, she's done some things for Netflix just recently, but she got into that as a stay-at-home mom. She wanted to be able to be home with her kids, but she still wanted to create income. Well, her income has exploded exponentially and her husband uh, quit his job to support her, help her in what she's doing. We're going to have her on talking about voice. So these are just simple examples of what people have done to move into passion areas that they have and then turn it into significant income as well, doing what they love. Chris says, Dan, I know you've mentioned you listen to a lot of podcasts or other material while you walk or work out. Would you list your top 10 or point me to where I could find some? Yours, um, 48 Days Podcast is number one, but I'm looking for for more to make my workout time more beneficial. Thanks, Chris. Well, well, thanks, Chris, for your your note. Um, for having my podcast as number one, I never get tired of hearing those stories. Appreciative of those of you who had been listening for a very long time. I've been around quite a while and uh, still love doing it. Creating the content is one of the highlights of my week. It really is. I mean, when I talk about taking the questions from you all, it really is a highlight of my week to open up and see the questions, the real things that you all are doing, the successes you're having, and also the the struggles that you're encountering. And that's why we just jump on here, share both of those, both the successes and the struggles. But thanks for your note, Chris. Incidentally, if you got a question and want to send it in, like Chris and others here have done, just shoot that in to askdan at 48days.com. It's the simplest way. Just askdan at 48days.com. So here's a list of podcasts that I listen to regularly. I've got 15. Again, I'll put, a, I'll put the list in the notes. I've got 15. I just grabbed my phone and just opened it up and looked at my podcast feed and uh, just put some up and down here. There are certainly more, but these are ones that I pretty much listen to regularly. Simon Sinek's A Bit of Optimism, Akimbo, 
with Seth Godin, Entrepreneur on Fire, John Lee Dumas, Eventual Millionaire, Jamie Masters, How I Built This with Guy Raz, Lead to Win, Michael Hyatt, Motive, Kevin Miller, The Ziegler Show, Kevin Miller, Kevin being my son, but those are two that I just love his content, love his interview style and love his content. Multiplier Mindset, Dan Sullivan, On Being with Krista Tippett, Super Soul Conversations with Oprah, Read to Lead, Jeff Brown, The Brendan Show, Brendan Bouchard, Entree Leadership, that's from the Dave Ramsey Organization, Daniel Tardy is the host of that, and then the Total Life Freedom Podcast with Vincent Pagoisi. Those are 15 that I check every episode they have. I don't listen to every single one, but I'm always out walking for an hour in the morning. So that gives me five hours just in the weekdays, five hours of listening. A lot of times I'll listen to one at one and a half speed so I can listen to two in the course of my walking. If they're, you know, 45 minute podcast, I can get a couple of those in. So I do listen to a lot of content and that's where I continue to get new ideas, stay abreast of what other people are doing. And of course, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cross pollinate, just like me recommending these podcasts. I mean, we do that a lot. Three of the podcasts that I just mentioned here have interviews with me that are being released this week in a single week. Entrepreneur on Fire, that's the fourth time I've been on with John Lee Dumas. Eventual Millionaire, I'm on that one this week. Jamie Masters, you can check that out. She did a really good job of uh, asking me questions. And then The Ziggler Show with Kevin Miller. Those are all podcasts that I'll be on. And incidentally, the listenership of those three podcasts combined is over 2 million downloads a month. So it's a massive, massive audience. You know, does that fuel other people? Like, well, like, you know, Chris, well, let's see. No, it was Vegas who was asking about the books. He said he first heard me on Lead to Read podcast. So the cross-pollination that we're able to do by being on each other's podcast is pretty astounding. And with those, I always give somebody a free download. And with those downloads, you know, we can, on a given podcast, we could add, you know, 1,500 new subscribers to the 48 days material, the newsletter that goes out, and then it introduces other people. A powerful, powerful way to move your business forward. But thanks for your question, Chris. Yeah, those are some podcasts that I listen to regularly. Well, the, this um, a gal, the, the title, the subject she has is, I don't know what my career should be. So this is Meredith, and she says, I graduated college two and a half years ago, Spent six months trying to find a job in my field. Could not find anything. I've been working retail for years, and it feels like that's the only thing I can find a job in. I hate retail. So it's draining to me, and the hours are all over the place, and it's a lot of work physically. So I decided to go for my master's degree when I couldn't find any job after my undergraduate. I've gotten to the point where I'm terrified that I won't find a job when I'm done with graduate school or I'll find something and it won't work and it won't pay well. My husband and I have a lot of student loan debt. We both work at Target, so we feel like we'll never get out from under it. Wow. Oh, I got to stop and just catch my breath after reading Meredith's story here. Breaks my heart. 
Graduated college two and a half years ago, couldn't find a job, spent six months, couldn't find a job, so she went to back to school getting her master's degree. That is a very, very expensive path to figuring this out. Um, you know, we can't undo what's been done, but I grieve that you're in student loan debt and don't have any more clarity. Being in college is not a great place to figure out what you want to do. I mean, that's why oftentimes it's really wise to take a year or two off in between high school and college. Don't just go because you have the academic ability to do so. No, go when you have a pretty clear desire of what it is that you want to do. And then ask, will that in fact help me do what I want to do better? As we know, a lot of times in today's environment, it may not really even be relevant, but don't go I mean, you can do a, you can do a lot of things. You can, you know, go into the Peace Corps, or volunteer somewhere, or get a job at Target, but continuing continue reading, searching, asking questions to get clarity. But to go to school and pay and borrow money and be in student loan debt to just trying to flounder around and figure things out, wow! And, and unfortunately, Meredith, I'm. I know you already, your, your fear is well-founded because if you couldn't find a job that you loved with a, a bachelor's degree, getting a master's degree is not likely to change that at all, except now you're in more student loan debt. You're still going to have, this, have to figure this out, but in 48 days of the work you love, you know, I walk through the plan of looking internally to figure this out. This is not a matter of seeing who's hiring or where the jobs are, what the trends are, No. Go inside first. 85% of the process of having the confidence of proper direction in your career comes from looking inward first. What are your unique skills and abilities? You know you don't like retail. You know, what is it that you do well? What is it you enjoy doing? Then look at your personality traits. How do you relate to other people? What kind of environments are you most comfortable in? How do you manage? How do you sell? How do you persuade? You know, just no right or wrong, good or bad, but look at yourself. First, and then identify also the third area. So we got skills and abilities, personality traits, values, dreams, and passions. What are those things that when you're doing them, wow, time just flies by because you enjoy it so much. There ought to be patterns that you see, but it's in the doing that introspection that you get a clear sense of what is it that you should be doing and then figure out, all right, if that means working in a hospital, there's thousands of opportunities to do that. If it means doing something in real estate, follow that. If it, if you like computers, information technology, there's millions of opportunities there. So the opportunities are there, but it's not a matter of you just locking into a job that you happen to like or somebody finding you and wanting to hire. You really are going to have a hard time being a great candidate for any position when you're so unclear about what it is you want to do. You've got to get this figured out first. I don't know how far along you are in graduate school. If you're more than halfway finished get toward getting your master's degree, go ahead, bite the bullet, just get it out of the way. If you're less than that, I would encourage you to stop. There's just no point in pursuing what you're talking about. You know, it's that... It, what you're describing is the same thing we we joke about sometimes, you know, farmers selling watermelon and he's, he's losing money on every single one. So he gets a bigger field to have more watermelon. Well, you, you don't 
undo the problem by doing more of something that's heading you in the wrong direction. And that's the way it is here. You've got to figure this out. Now, here's here's kind of a the process for this. Follow your curiosity. Passion is the intersection of your curiosity. What is it that gets your attention? What is it that you are interested in at least exploring a little bit more? When you do that, you can figure out, okay, if you do that well, it'll turn into a passion. Passion, as you're developing something that you do really well, really clarifies and expands your talent. Then you're able to see a need, whether it's a company, an organization, something in the world, you know, clean water, clean clothes, more food. What If it's something like that, it can be what, but then you're prepared. So you have curiosity, passion, talent, then you see a need, then you create a plan, boom, all of a sudden you get a formula for your purpose in life. You can have a purpose that can change the world. That's the process. Wow, I grieve for where you are. Um, if you don't have, you know, I'll shoot you an email. If you don't have a copy of the new version of 48 Days to the Work You Love, I would love to send you a copy of that so you can at least get that foundational piece for how to figure this out and then move forward. Thanks for sharing. You You know, I, I certainly don't want to embarrass you, put you on the spot. Thanks for sharing your heart here. I'm sure there are a lot of other people listening who feel like they're in the same position, but you you get the cart before the horse, so to speak. You don't just get a degree and hope that'll fix this problem. No, you fix this problem, get clarity, then decide, is a degree necessary? If so, then fine. All right, hey, I want to I wanna end today just with a, a story that is a, a family story. My granddaughter, Clara, and you've heard me, too, she co-authored a book when she was eight years old with my wife, Joanne. Uh, what if it were possible? She did the illustrations in that. It was picked up by a major publisher, published What If It Were Possible. She's done a lot of things. She's very curious. Uh, my, the, 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 she and her two sisters, my granddaughters, Ashley's daughters. Ashley, of course, works with us in 48 days, and they are full-time travelers. She and her husband, Nathan, three little girls. They've been traveling for almost five years now. So the little girls have had a chance to follow their curiosity. I mean, homeschooling provides that. Every day is an adventure. Well, Clara's current passion is herpetology. She studies reptiles. She has multiple snakes that, yes, travel with them in their fifth wheel travel trailer. Uh, she has other animals, but she's very comfortable with snakes and reptiles and spiders and so on. She understands that most people are afraid of those critters simply because they haven't taken the time to understand them. It's not that they're dangerous. I mean, we've talked to her about the alligators in the lake right behind our house. You know, they're going to run up in the yard and chomp her lake. Not a chance. She says they only eat like once a week, you know, and they're not hungry. They're not looking for humans. That's really, really rare for that. Anyway, so... In their travels, being down here in Florida, they were staying down in the Keys, and they were going out at night and looking at the reptiles around. Clara has a special light that she looks that shows up, you know, a green light that they don't see, but she does, however that works. And she realized there were a lot of iguanas now of all sizes. Now, here's the thing. You know, they're really beautiful animals, and again, they're not dangerous. You know, she can shine a light on them, walk up and just pick them up. I mean, some are pretty big, and so she was getting them, and all of a sudden, they had 16 iguanas, 
in a box. Well, what are you going to do with those? I mean, you can have one in your house as a pet, I suppose. But for the most part, here in Florida, especially, they're seen as pests. They do a lot of damage. They're not native here. And the invasion that have gotten here has concerned a lot of people who are interested in nature. And um, they reproduce dramatically. They did some calculations. The 16 that they had, knowing that three were males and the rest were females, they did some calculations. If each one of those had a successful clutch of babies, that one box would create over 1,200 iguanas. So they repopulate really quickly. And these state parks are looking for ways to get rid of them, to eliminate them. They, they actually want to capture them and then train the raptors, you know, eagles, osprey, other birds like that, to eat them as food. I mean, that's one of the things they're trying to train those raptors to do that. So knowing that they had 16 in a box and not being sure what to do with them, and of course, Clara would cringe at um, eliminating them in some way that was harmful, and yet they couldn't really in good conscience release them because they're seen as pests. So they dropped them off with the ranger. And word spread pretty quickly about the fact this family had turned in 16 iguanas. What happened with word spreading quickly is they were contacted by a guy who really kind of specializes in this at one of the state parks. And he put in a good word for them with a volunteer coordinator for all of the state parks down in the Florida Keys. And Ashley says, when you volunteer, you get to stay for free. It's a highly sought-after position that's typically booked about a year out, so it's a real honor to be a volunteer. They have been contacted and tapped on the shoulder to be volunteers at Bahia Honda, which is the most desirable state park in the United States as far as they're concerned with. And they have just been offered four months at that state park July through October of this year, for free. Now, it costs a lot of money every day to park at a, at a place like that and to get a desirable place, to even be able to get a reservation. They've been offered four months free. Their responsibilities are to spend 24 hours a week spent scoping for critters and then sharing their knowledge with other people. So, Clara and her dad, and probably her sisters, are going to be out. That's their job. They just got free rent for four months in exchange for helping with iguanas and teaching other people about them. I mean, that, I love that example. Follow your curiosity. It becomes a passion. You develop a talent in that area. Then you see a need, create a plan. Wow. And you're off and running. And it doesn't have to be, you know, some super sophisticated kind of thing. Here's a, you know, 13-year-old who's figured this out and is now having the opportunity to be the lead for her family to get an opportunity like that, four months free in the most desirable state park in a country, doing something that she loves. Well, hey, I hope that inspires you. I mean, these stories, you know, Jim Hodges reading books, Derek Colson, or Derek Colson doing um, you know, voiceovers that she's doing. You know, a young man who wants to be a millionaire in three years. Hey, here are the books to read. You can do that. I mean, there's there's so many opportunities to be inspired, to find your inspiration, to recognize what is it that you want to do. 
What is your curiosity leading you to? If you feel trapped in a job that you hate, you haven't given yourself the opportunity to sit down and do a little introspection because there ought to be some things that bubble to the top pretty quickly if you're really given your opportunity to do this. Read some of those books. I'll put the list of books in the podcast that I listen to in the show notes. Both those lists are pretty lengthy, so it's hard to capture it all here in an audio format, but I'll put it there. Check it out. Check out the resource that we've got today, the process of it, the power of investing in yourself that I believe in 100%, 48days.com slash invest. Hey, I hope it's been encouraging to you to hear these stories. Send me yours. Send those stories in to askdan at 48days.com. I'd love to hear that. Share it in upcoming shows. Got some other stories I want to share with you that I'll line up for next week here. Got a couple of people I want to interview about some new concepts they're introducing. So got a lot coming for the year. I'm totally jazzed about it. Thrilled to be unpacking Think and Grow Rich with a whole lot of excited people. So having a lot of fun. I hope you are too. And more than anything, just thanks for being a listener of this podcast. I don't take that lightly. I appreciate it. Spreading the word, as people do, certainly helps a lot of things that we're doing, ways that we can help inspire and encourage more. So thanks for being part of this community where together we know, without any doubt, we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. 